We're going to move into a season of, of a new sermon series as we go through Advent. Today, as I mentioned earlier, is the first Sunday of Advent. The theme of our sermon series is going to be called The Rest of Christmas. And it's a play on the word coming out of Hebrews. So we've been in the book of Hebrews. We'll go back to Hebrews in January. But Paul preached a beautiful sermon last week. If you weren't here to hear it, I encourage you to go online and listen to it, where he talked about the Hebrews 4 section, which calls us to strive to enter into his rest. We want this season of Advent for the people of God to be a season of rest. Now, that doesn't mean inactivity. That doesn't mean sleeping through the season of Advent and Christmas. In fact, if you're really busy and really active, that's kind of another way of sleeping through the season of Christmas. What is before us as believers and what is in us in believers are two really significant things to pay attention to. The word rest is really interesting because it means many things, including to submit, to surrender, to be inactive. But there's also this play on the word rest, which is about more to come. There's more to the story. What is the rest of the story? Each Sunday, we're going to take a look at different themes with rest that will help us as the people of God to be still and know that he is God, to rest even today in his presence, to rest in his name, to rest in his government, to rest in the Holy Spirit, to rest in his parents. That's what we're going to be looking at over the Sundays of Advent and Christmas Eve, all the way through the end, where we'll have the rest of his word. So let's stand for the reading of God's word. We're going to begin this series in Isaiah chapter 9. I will be there the next couple of weeks unpacking various aspects of this really incredible passage. Isaiah chapter 9, I'm going to begin at verse 2 and read through verse 6. People who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. You have multiplied the nation, you have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the tramping warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Father in heaven, as we open your holy word, I pray that you would bless all of us, that we would leave today seeing new things about the glory of Christ's coming, that we would find deep encouragement to rest, to be still, to know that you are God, and that we would be deeply impacted by what this season means. Father, we need you to break this cycle the cycle of restlessness that's in all of us. We need you to break us, Lord, so that we would rest truly in you and you alone. Do whatever's necessary today. We pray for your grace. In the name of Jesus, amen. It's December 1st, and I wonder what will be the story of 
your December. 31 days from now, will you say it was a season of rest or of restlessness? January 1, one month from today, most of the world is going to be focusing on New Year's resolutions. Whether you like them or not, you're going to hear about them. And what is it all about? It's about people living with a profound disconnect. A disconnect of looking at themselves and seeing one thing and longing for something that was different. For Christians, it's the same, but a little bit different. In a book called Union with Christ, a wonderful book, written by a PCA pastor named Rankin Wilburn, who pastors a flock out in California, he speaks about a gap that exists. And he writes with tremendous vulnerability when he says, there is this gap that exists in my life between who God says I am in Christ and who I know myself to really be as I live trying to please him. This gap he speaks about is a chasm that exists between who I am and who I'm called to be. It's between what the scriptures say is true of me already. I'm forgiven, accepted, and secure. And between how I see myself. The chasm between what I say I believe and what I am experiencing. The gap between really resting in Christ alone for my salvation and the real restlessness of my body and soul. Whether you know it or not, and you probably do, you've entered into this sanctuary probably quite restless. Some Sundays are going to be more restless than others, but the world in which we live in is addicted to noise and activity. It's been like that from the moment Adam and Eve sinned. Our first parents rebelling against what God's word had said. They immediately experienced the restlessness of that consequence. The restlessness of a relationship between the two of them now broken as they see each other in shame. The restlessness of hiding from God who made them and hearing God ask his first question in the Bible, where are you? Adam's response, we were afraid because we were naked, so we hid. Who told you you were naked is God's second question. The woman you put here with me, the restlessness the brokenness of that relationship. Throughout scripture, there is a cycle that exists of God's people, mankind in general, but true of God's people as well, where they have heard what God's word says. They have heard God's promise. They have known and sensed God's presence. But then in moments where God seemed distant or where his will seemed too hard, much like what the people in the little book of Hebrews were hearing, they became restless. And each time that cycle of restlessness began, they moved towards the season of discontent. And upon waiting for the Lord no more, they began to take things into their own hands. That which happened time and time again throughout Scripture continues to happen today. Whatever you're facing that could make your December dark, Whatever you're facing, that's a circumstance that's really difficult to walk through. We're all tempted to be very restless. And in that moment of restlessness, 
we will either grow more and more restless or we'll come to a place of real rest where we truly submit to the Lord. But for so many, even those who profess faith in Christ, it's restlessness, anxiety, irritability, discontent that really makes up the normal flow of what's happening in their heart and their mind. Rest or restless? What will the story of December be? Let's define restless for a minute. Restless means the inability to rest. It's what you feel when something begins to stir in you because what matters to you isn't working the way you wish it would. It could be a relationship, could be one of your children, could be a spouse, could be a friend, could be at work, but something is not working and the brokenness of our world is revealed. And it wakes you up in the middle of the night. It stays with you all day. It's the first thing you think about as a herd of rushing animals come at you as C.S. Lewis speaks the first thing in the morning. It's what you hide from your friends or talk to your friends about. But there's a restlessness. And in that restlessness, you're uneasy and you're not quiet. Restless also means to be disturbed. You can think of a body of water that's just resting, but then something is thrown in or dropped in or the wind comes and it's no longer at rest, it's disturbed. How often does that describe our souls? Restless means never or almost never being quiet and still, always active or inclined to action. In fact, we honor and admire that. This driven culture that we in, we're in, we, and as Paul talked beautifully about this last week, we're, we're so driven to produce why? That's such a great question. What's going on inside us that's moving us to this kind of constant addiction to activity? Lastly, restless means discontented, always seeking change, never satisfied. All of us know something of being restless. The opposite of that is rest. So as you think about December 1, you think about these Sundays of Advent. You think about the 31 days in December. You think about, as a Christian, what does it mean to truly rest in all that Christ has done for us? Does restlessness describe you more? Or the what I'm about to share? Rest means peace, refreshment, a period of inactivity, though resting is not inactive. Rest means relief from anything distressing, annoying, tiring. Rest is submission and surrender. In fact, the psalm says, be still and know that I am God. That is a military phrase. The phrase be still means to drop your weapons. Rest, drop before the living and holy God. Lastly, rest means what remains. There's more to come. This is the rest of the story. And so each Sunday of Advent, our desire is that you would leave knowing something more of the rest God promises now. Today, resting in his presence but also knowing that there's more to the story. 
that the rest we know now of his presence living inside us is going to be realized in glory when we see him face to face. And so, will December be a season of rest or a season of restlessness? The cycle of restlessness is true of all mankind. The cycle needs to be broken. Traditions at Christmas are wonderful. I'm sure you have some. Some maybe that you're starting. Others you care about. You don't want to be a part of. Others you love. The traditions that are good and glorious keep. But the cycle of restlessness needs to be broken. This cycle of being addicted to activity and complaining about it and feeling the effect of it and then complaining about it and then continuing the same pattern over and over and over again needs to be broken. The word of God says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. How many of the things that you're tempted to be swept away with this season really matter? How many of them really take you into a place of resting, which is active, by the way, in the presence of God? What does that even mean? This is the essence of Christmas. Emmanuel, God with us. Something that we don't as Christians talk about enough is this term union with Christ. Rankin Wilburn's book is outstanding. It talks about what we as Christians already possess, or better said, what possesses us, or who possesses us. Here's what it means. If you are a Christian, you are in Christ. That means the living God. So let's talk about that. The living God. God himself. The one who knit you and all humanity together in their mother's wombs. The God who knows every hair that's on your head and has them numbered. The God who can learn absolutely nothing about you or your circumstances or whatever it is that's making you restless, that God is living inside you. Union with Christ means that we are one with him. We are in fellowship with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And what brings us this profound rest, not just at Christmas, but even now, is that God has brought himself to us, not just as an idea, not just as a religion, but he has brought himself to us, his very own self, his son to us in this dark world. The cycle of restlessness always leads to darkness. Look with me at 9-2. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. 
The darkness that God's people found themselves in continually was the result of their restlessness. It was the result of them rejecting the promises of God because God did not intervene in their circumstances soon enough or in the way they thought was best. So as the restlessness began to build, as one person began to talk to another, as the sense of restlessness gained momentum, suddenly there were some that would say, he's not here, he's not faithful, his provision isn't enough, we want more. So that cycle of restlessness leads to a rejection of God, a rebellion against his word, and then what comes, rightly, the wrath of God. God's perfect justice brings about the consequences of what it means to reject and rebel against him. But what follows is most amazing. It's what's not deserved, and that's God's rescue from restlessness to rebellion and rejection of his word and promises to his wrath that comes. Then there comes this rescue. And the rescue is God himself entering into the darkness. Isaiah is given the prophecy that to us, verse 6, a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Next Sunday, I'm going to preach about the rest of his names. The following week, the rest of his government. We need this. Because just like the people of God, we see the darkness that's all around us. And if we're honest and stop long enough to look inside, we see the darkness that's in us too. One of the darkest things in us, though, is not believing the truth about who we already are in Christ. In Christ, you are the beloved daughters and beloved sons of the living God. In Christ, you live in his victory. In Christ, you are a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. In Christ, you already have your permanent and primary identity. But what happens is those secondary identities, not unimportant, identities like husband, wife, father, whatever career you have, whatever activities you're engaged in, those identities began to be attacked. And when we're not secure in the permanent and primary identity that we already have, we become restless. We become restless to cover what others think about those identities. So much of why we miss the one thing that matters most at Christmas is because we're not living out of the true identity that we already are.
rest is not inactive. The word of God says, strive to enter his rest. Jesus Christ, friend, if you are a believer, is in you. He's living in you. His spirit alive. That's the promise that he made. That's what it means to be one with Christ. Let me close with this illustration. It's straight out of scripture, but it's a picture of how easy it is to miss God right in our midst. Luke 10, don't turn there, just listen, ends with the story of Martha and Mary. Jesus, God with us, Emmanuel, enters their house. God is in their home. I don't know whose home you spent Thanksgiving in. I don't know who were the guests or if you were the guest in another's home. But in this story, God himself, Christ, is in their home. Martha is very active. But she's not just active. She's also very anxious. She's not just active and anxious. She's also very restless. What's the source of her restlessness? She's missing the one thing that matters most. Mary hasn't missed it. Mary is resting, but resting is not inactive, it's active. She is resting at the feet of God himself. The word tells us that Mary is sitting there listening to the teachings of Jesus. Martha welcomes him in. Mary's at the Lord's feet listening. Martha is distracted, that's the word, with much serving, good things. But Martha, distracted with much serving, moves towards Jesus and she complains. Restlessness leads to complaining. Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. Remember, she's talking to God. She's talking to God. She's demanding things from God. And we do the same thing. When our souls get restless, when he's not responding the way we had wished, when that irritation and discontent moves in, we're talking to God too. Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answers her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. Don't you relate to her? I sure do. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. When Jesus entered into the presence of their home, Martha was restless, and she missed it. Mary rested at the foot of Jesus. Jesus has already come, and he's coming again. But right now, 
If you are in Christ, his spirit is already living in you. Rest in his presence. Resting in his presence doesn't mean you clear your calendar. It might. It doesn't mean you suddenly say no to everything. It might. But resting in his presence is about what you believe. And what we as Christians are to believe is that God came near. And he came near to stay near. And the rest of the story is that that God who's living in you now, if you're in Christ, will lead you all the way home. And one day, the rest of the story will be unfolded for all eternity. And you will see him face to face. Don't miss the one thing. Don't let restlessness keep you distracted. Ask God today to make this season and all seasons to come a season of rest, submission, believing him that he's in you, and look forward every day, friends, to the rest of the story. Lord God Almighty, I pray that this will not simply be something that we paint on the surface of our lives, but will be stained that begins to soak into us immediately, lasting, long, you, God, breaking the cycle of restlessness. Oh, Lord, have mercy on us. And as we sing and as we listen, as we pray, as we open your word, make it come alive in us and let us rest in you. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.